All right, live from Studio 6B. Happy New Year, everybody. 2023, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Lots to do tonight. The boys are back in town, as we say. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you had a great uh, New Year. Hope you had a safe one. Uh, Slick Rick, how are you? Great. I love that Thin Lizzy song. The boys are back in town. Reminds me of the Cowboys. I'm doing good, Big D. How are you? Very good. Looking. Li- I like that jacket tonight yeah. with that shirt. Looking good. A little Paisley on the yeah. jacket. A little Brad Paisley on the jacket. I little... never went home after New Year's Eve. I like the uh, <laughs> I like the uh, cufflinks. Not cufflinks. The cufflinks. Yeah, cufflinks yeah. There you go. There you go. Shiny little little things there. Good stuff. Paul Nolan's nice. going to do. Uh, Sick Rick's going to do sports. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Mr. Nolan, how are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Happy New Year. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, me and Mr. Nolan did a little stream this afternoon as we watched, um, well, what was going on in the house, which we'll talk about. We talked about some other things as well. Happy New Year to you. How was your uh, New Year's? It was fun. It was nice. Uh, you know, a little party at the house and you know, woke up nice and early for work on Sunday, which I, you know, I always have to do. And it's just a really nice day. Really nice. Uh, I'm just happy uh, 22 is over. And I'm uh, I'm expecting the economy to turn around in 23. Well, okay. <laughs> let us know how that goes. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm ready. Let, let us know how that goes. Well, we got to hold out hope, though. I hear what you're saying, but uh, I think we got to we got to get a better idea what the Fed's doing because the Fed. I did a video this morning. If you haven't followed us on all our social media, make sure you do that about the Gallup. Um, Gallup poll that came out this morning on people's expectations for 23. It's not good. One of the things um, they're worried about is the economy. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit tonight as well. Please welcome back to the show uh, someone who took extended time off, and I'm sure it was enjoyable. Uh, Rick Delgado, how are you? I am well. Happy New Year. Extended? Was it extended? Well, you took, it- the, took the week off, wanted all to spend right. some downtime. Yeah. How was it? It was good. I needed it. Needed it. Much needed. Needed to recharge. Uh, attempted to grow facial hair. It's not r- working out very well. Not working out noticed. too well. Nope. No. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year to Paulie, to Slick up, Rick, to you, Dame. Yeah. I, I think it looks magnificent. It Come, looks let, terrible. I look horrid it. in this stuff. Just but, stay you know, with it. I mean, if I could get, you know what? If I had some just for men, I could probably, uh, you'd probably be able to see it. Uh, yeah, but right I, now, it just looked like like I ate a glazed donut and didn't wipe my face down. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. It's a good way to describe it. Okay, very good. Thank you. Uh, what's coming up in? Well, I don't have to ask you what's coming up in sports. We all we'll talk about sports here in a oh, second. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll talk about news. We'll talk about what's going on in the house. Ed Henry's going to join us from West Palm. Doctor Gina just ended her show, so we're going to get try to get Ed in place, and then we'll get his thoughts on. Um, What's going on in the house today? We'll talk about that as well. But obviously, we all send our prayers and thoughts out to this young oh, man, yeah. Demar Hamlin, yeah. from the Buffalo Bills, and and um, I, we'll get into what we'll get into this whole story on him uh, because I've been getting messages and emails all day long <laughs> about it. Me and Paul addressed it a little bit this afternoon. We'll address it again tonight, and then we'll I'll give you some updates because I know a lot of people ask me. You heard from Dr. McCullough. Everybody wants to hear from Dr. McCullough today, which is understandable. Um, well, we've now heard from Dr. McCullough, and I have it here in an extended piece that he posted on his Substack. So I'll get to what he says in there as well. Uh, we'll get to sports. We'll get to news. But I believe we have from West Palm Beach, 
The one and only ho- – oh, he's on the uh, phone with the Zen he's master. He's on the fake phone. probably save his job yeah, for the yeah, new year. All right, I got to do this. I'll, I'll call you right he's after. Talking hey, guys. He's talking to his wife. He's like, what do I need to bring talking home? Talking to his Bill? caddy for the round. <laughs> and, yeah, don't hand me the nine iron when I'm 100. <laughs> Please welcome Adam Happy Henry. New Year. Oh, happy New Year. How are you? I'm fantastic. I, li- I just got off the phone with a lawmaker. I just had two phone calls back to back. One with a lawmaker giving me dope inside the House GOP conference. He just talked to Jim Jordan, this unnamed lawmaker. I give you that juice. And I, right before that, I talked to Zen Jr., the boss's son, gave me the inside dope on the RAV Open. So we can talk <laughs> golf. We can talk politics. It's dealer's choice. Your show. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let's start with politics because Zen Jr., I, just, I mean, come on, just please uh, stop with that. Oh. Well, we can get to that in a little bit. But um, let's be serious for a second and let's talk about what's going on because obviously yeah. some would say that what we saw today is chaos. Some would mm-hmm. say it's not chaos, it's not a disaster. As a matter of fact, I saw Dan Bongino tweet out, this is your republic at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Mitch McConnell, who's going to be in Kentucky tomorrow with the President of the United States. You have this, whatever, whatever you want to call it in the House, whether you think it's a disaster or whether you think it's the republic at work, it is what it is. This is the GOP yeah. right now. Uh, you have Mitch McConnell's going to be with Joe Biden being used as a pawn in Kentucky tomorrow for this for this um, boondoggle bill that's all this money supposed to be going for infrastructure, which, of course, we all know it's not. We went through this with Obama. But give me your idea of what you think is going on. We have people who, who went to McCarthy and said, seemingly, you know, they all say now, it's oh, it's all about conservatism. It's all about the party. It's all about the future. But meanwhile, we hear the stories of them going and going, hey, I need a committee chair and you got my vote. Hey, I need to be on a subcommittee. Then you got my vote. Well, you can't have it both ways. So which one is it? Right. Uh, Look, in all seriousness, I did just get off the phone a few moments ago with a Republican lawmaker, one of the incoming uh, freshmen. He said it is a bit of chaos behind the scenes. Uh, And what he told me point blank is that McCarthy feels it feels like it's dead man walking because he gave away the store, as you say, to these conservatives. What do you want? Here's this. Here's this. All the horse trading, all the kind of swamp deals and still did not have the votes, got less votes as the ballots went on. Uh, in the end, I think Jordan had 20, Jim Jordan had 20 votes in that third ballot that failed. Now they've, they've kicked this off, they uh, punted it. Uh, they're in recess until about 5, 5.30 tomorrow. Who knows, they might even have to push that back. So they're going to have a long night. Uh, and what this lawmaker told me in all seriousness that's, that's real uh, is that he said, look, uh, I just ran into Jim Jordan in the hallway. I said, Jim, you're going to do this because if you get McCarthy out, maybe there'll be a groundswell for you. And what Jordan said again, and he said this before, he told this lawmaker, I want to run the Judiciary Committee. And there he is. Uh, I want to go after not just Hunter. He said, quote, I'm going after the big guy. And I think Jim Jordan is serious. And he's the guy who can do that. And frankly, guys, who wants to be speaker? Who wants all this crap? Who wants to deal with a five-seat majority? Who wants to uh, take all the incoming? He'd rather be a powerful chairman on offense instead of on defense. And so that's the inside dope. We can talk about that. Put that on the shelf for just one second. Uh, what the mainstream media is saying, I was taking a look and I was watching some stuff uh, before I came here to, to, to get the latest. And they're saying this is a historic fail. The Republicans can't govern, just as you were saying. But that's what the mainstream media is going to say no matter what they do. They could have had the most successful day and they'd say, oh, they're insurrectionists and they're losers and we don't like them and we're going to trash them. So if you cave to the mainstream media and the swamp, you're going to get McConnell again. I'm glad you mentioned him. You're going to get McCarthy 
or some insider because we have to do the vote today. And I'm starting to think, you know what? Maybe this is not a historic fail, guys. Maybe this is a historic opportunity to say, you know, like the head coaches, time out, time out here. You did everything, McCarthy. You, you, you horse traded everything. You did every inside swamp deal and you didn't get, get it done. So now we're either going to have to go to Jordan or Scalise or somebody uh, and find a new way forward. Because otherwise, we're going to wind up with McConnell, Ronna McDaniel, and Kevin McCarthy. And nothing will have changed. So I actually think if, if it was Bongino and other, this might be a historic opportunity. Wonder what you think. Well, what's worse than that is um, we have Matt Gates today who supposedly said, now I didn't hear this. I, I hope someone asked him about this because I think we should know. He said he doesn't care if Hakeem Jeffries becomes the Speaker of the House. I, I, that, that's a quote that's attributed to him today. I don't know if that's true. But you yeah. have people nominating Jordan, like you said. Jordan comes out and says, I don't want to be Speaker. Matt Gates goes on the floor, nominates Jordan. Jordan votes for McCarthy. Votes, he gets up, nominates McCarthy, speaks for McCarthy. So all these guys who love Jordan, what Jordan's doing just the opposite of what they want to do. And what I don't understand is, just to play devil's advocate, because I'm no fan of McCarthy. And by the way, you can't discuss this. If you discuss anything about this uh, not looking good for the Republicans, it means you support McCarthy, just so you know. Just so you know, right. that's, the, that's the talking right. point, Said, um, <laughs> But you have, you have Jordan who says he doesn't want it. You have McC you have him going Mc putting McCarthy up. Then M McCarthy doesn't get the votes. Jordan doesn't get the votes. Gates says, "I don't care if Jeffries gets it." How long do you think it is until the Democrats say, "Okay, we did the Jeffries thing yesterday. He got two twelve every time. And that's what he's going to get." Let's forget that. Why don't we go see if we can make a deal for Fred Upton? Let's get our caucus to, to let's get this left of center rhino, whoever we can find, whether it's Upton or whether it's this other guy McHenry we keep hearing about. And why yeah. don't we make a move for something like that? You think that's on the table for the Democrats? Mm, look, Pelosi was asked about this a few moments ago. She left the Capitol. Reporters asked her, is there going to be a deal? Are you gonna? And she said, look, we're going Jeffries and, and, and the Democrats are united. We shall see. If they think they can get a rhino, I suspect you're right, that maybe they'll do some horse trading. Maybe they'll get some more seats on committees, more BS, more inside baseball. I think more important is, uh, where are the Republicans? Because, yeah, the Democrats may play games. But to your question about Jordan, look, Jordan is for McCarthy until he's for Jordan, right? I mean, we've seen this kind of thing before. I mean, like Dick Cheney was leading the vice presidential search for George W. Bush, what, in 20, uh, 2000, right? And he was for any number of people until Bush said, you know, I, I like you. All right. Cheney was for Cheney. So Jordan is going to keep saying, you know, I'm for judiciary chairman. I'm the guy. I'm that guy because he doesn't want to be disloyal up front. But if overnight they simply don't have the votes for McCarthy and they uh, he doesn't want to look foolish is my point, Jordan. He wants to be a loyal guy until loyalty is run out and McCarthy can't win. But then you don't want to put your name up there if you're going to get 208 votes, too. If you're Jordan, you have to get some guarantee. I'm going to get to 218. And I suspect that's why Scalise is being relatively quiet right now as well. You're with McCarthy until you're not, right? If you're the assistant head coach at Michigan, you're for Harbaugh until Harbaugh goes to the Broncos or somewhere. And then you'd love to be the Wolverines coach. You'd love to be uh, go Michigan, exactly. go blue, right? Exactly. You were for Harbaugh until Harbaugh leaves. Yeah. I guess the thing is, though, you look, they keep saying it's about the Freedom Caucus. Well, the Freedom Caucus is more than 20 members. You know, you've got 20 who are not voting for McCarthy. You've got 204 that are, that are. So you've got this 20 
So it's not all about the Freedom Caucus because you don't have the full Freedom Caucus voting against McCarthy. You just have this 20, and really you've got five Mm -hmm. that kind of want to control everything. Because like you said, McCarthy has given a lot of concessions on these rules that they want. They want certain Mm -hmm. things where bills have to be this and this, that. He's given a lot. And still got no's. Lauren Boebert took $2 million from him for her campaign. She's a no on him. Bob Good in Virginia took $2 million from him. Now he's a no on him. So I just, this argument today that it's all about, it's all about conservatism and it's all about the party and it's all about change. Uh, I, okay, I get that to a degree, but it just looks like chaos. The Democrats would love for this to go on for a couple more days. Um, and I still don't know from watching today and even what we've talked about so far, I guess so. You're saying Jim Jordan is the end game. What is the end game here? It's to me, it's Jordan or Scalise. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with a Fred Upton or a Rhino. Frank Pavone, right? Father Frank Pavone, who just got uh, essentially pushed out by the Vatican for being so pro-life. Actually, hold that thought. You want to hold that thought? Let's hit the break. We'll come back talk about that, and then we'll talk about the Rav Open with Ed Henry. Live from Studio 6B, just getting started in a new year, new week. Glad you're in. More to do. We're back right after this. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six B on a Tuesday, not Monday, Tuesday night. Real America's Voice. Uh, Ed Henry's with us. Of course, you see him each and every morning, eight a.m. American Sunrise with Karen Turk and Terrence Bates, the finest morning show on television, right here on Real yeah. America's Voice. And Mr. Henry's been nice enough to join us tonight uh, to deal with our nonsense. Um, <laughs> so you think the end result is is Jordan? Even though Jordan says I'm not going to be the speaker, I don't want it. You got people like Thomas Massey, who's probably one of the more conservative, um, staunch conservatives in there he's voted for mccarthy you got 203 voted for mccarthy you've got this group of 20 that says no uh you got jordan being put up you got all the things we saw today all the things we're going to see tomorrow and in the end you think it's jordan or scalise is the end game that that's my sense uh there could be uh, look it doesn't have to be a member of congress so they could come up with some compromise somewhere there's a big universe but to me if you want to push the america first agenda and you want a real fighter in there uh and you want someone with the gravitas it's going to be jordan or scalise who's been in the leadership scalise was shot a few years ago uh, i remember i was at the white house the night uh that he was shot and he was in the hospital and president trump went to visit him and his staff was telling me off the record he's not we don't think he's going to make it through the night and trump is going there to essentially go console his family. Oof. That's what we were told that night. I, this I've never talked about that. But people oh. were saying it, it's not good. He's he's done. And the man lived and fought back. He was in rehab for months. This is a fighter. 
uh, and he's a tough conservative from Louisiana. The left will come after him. They'll come after any of these guys. So I don't want to just say Jordan. I'm just saying one of those two guys, they're the fighters. They're the tough ones. Frank Pavone, Father Frank, I just want to mention this because it, it tees off on, you know, perfectly with what you said before. Multiple votes for House Speaker, Father Pavone says, does not mean the GOP is in disarray or unable to govern. Maybe it means the beginning of a much-needed independence on the part of members to vote their conscience and to listen to their constituents who want change. I mean, guys, we hear this from our audience every night, and yet the leaders... The swamp, they just, you know, the uniparty, they just want to keep going down the same road. That's why McConnell held the vote right after the midterms. He knew the longer it went, he was going to get into McCarthy territory. So he jammed it through. Uh, and I think maybe this is going to be healthy. Now, if this goes on for days uh, and they can't even swear people in and they can't even start the hearings uh, and they can't even get going on, on, on you know, um, yeah. uh, defunding the, the 87,000 IRS agents, there's going to be real problems for the well, GOP. I'm not covering that up, but uh, let but them work what, this process. So up. let's but let's play this out a little more. Let's say Jordan's. Let's say okay, McCarthy finally decides. I don't. Not that I think he's going to. At least not tomorrow. Maybe that I don't know. Uh, he decides. Okay, it's it's not happening. Obviously for me. Let's say Jordan says, guys, I don't know. I mean, once your name is up, you can't take it out. I know he can't take his name out. But what if he says, I I don't. I don't want the job. I want to sit. I want to investigate Joe Biden. I want to investigate the and Biden crime yeah. family. We want to get the border closed. We want to get to the politicization of the FBI. I want to be on the committee to do all these things. Well, do we think Steve Scalise is going to get to 218? Is that is that a given? Uh, it's not a given. Nothing's a given right now. Uh, but I'd say a couple things. I covered Congress for a couple of decades. Speaker of the House has vast power. You get access to a plane. You get the security. You get to look at what Pelosi's had. Uh, it's a pretty big job. Okay, you're in. You're in line. Third in line for the presidency. So you want, you keep saying you're not interested until somebody says, "Look, you're in line for the presidency." Uh, this is a big deal. Number one and number two. Beyond the the trappings, I'm not focused on that. What the point I want to make is. As speaker, you have vast power. You decide what comes up on the floor, what doesn't come up on the floor for legislation, but you also decide all the committees. And if you want to say, look, I'm going to be speaker and I'm going to be like player coach and I'm going to go chair the Judiciary Committee, uh, they're changing all the rules right now uh, for the America First people. Uh, McCarthy is to a new rules package. You put in a new rules package, says he could be the, he could lead the investigation. Who says he can't do that? So I'm just saying there's a lot of creative ways to get Jordan into the job. I still think Scalise would be very solid for conservatives. But there's a major development tonight, I think, which is uh, this reporter from NBC, Garrett Hake, uh, got Donald Trump on the phone uh, and had a brief phone interview. And remember, uh, not only has Trump been behind McCarthy, uh, but he's been making calls uh, on his behalf. And he was pressed on whether he still supports McCarthy. And Trump said, quote, We'll see what happens. We'll see how it all works out. <laughs> well, <that's> not, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know. How about covering your bases? Yeah. That's uh, that doesn't sound like a complete vote of confidence there. For, for it sounds sounds like uh, McCar uh, you know, sounds like McCarthy should get ready for you know maybe pulling his name again. A lot can happen overnight. There was I saw a New York Times reporter saying they just wheeled in uh, a big cart of Chick Fil A. Uh, because uh, I guess that's the conservatives, uh, you know, fast food of choice, obviously, right? All around this great country. And so they're going to be there working all night. Maybe McCarthy can somehow get some of these folks on board, but I don't see it. Gates and these other ones are dug in, obviously. And, and by the way, quick point, I don't think it makes sense for Gates to go so far as to say, I don't care, as you said a few moments ago, if Jeffries and the Democrats get the speakership. 
That's obviously ridiculous. That's a bit far here. Let's focus on the America First policy agenda and figure out who's the best person to move that forward. And you said this at the top, Damon. Uh, you've got a lot of different things we can kick around, but you said this is our republic. Uh, you know, who says that we have to decide this in four hours? Let's let the House Republican Conference work its will. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ed, real quick question. Now, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the the voters, you know, all of us who, who put these people into office, who uh, they work for us. Um, yeah, who? We, I, we I can... haven't heard of them. Who are they? Who? <laughs> it's supposed it's supposed to be us. But yeah, but I think we're you're supposed right. to be the one. We are demanding the the end of the business as usual. Right. Is that yeah. is that what you see? I mean, because our founding fathers, I think you would agree. They didn't all like each other when they were putting this all together. Yeah, exactly. And I think because CNN and MSNBC are out there with disarray, horrible first day. Again, if this goes on for days, I'm admitting that that's not a great look for the Republicans. But CNN attacking them? Well, they're going to attack no matter what they do. They're going to attack the Hunter Biden hearings. They're going to attack the effort to defund the IRS agents. And good, because if the mainstream media is against it, then I think the House Republican leadership is probably in a good place. Because whatever CNN is for right now is probably not what the America First voters, as you said, what these real American voices are for. And so that's my broader point, which is, is it a historic fail or a historic opportunity to put the brakes on the BS? We were not able to do that in the Senate. Uh, it was a big win for McConnell over Rick Scott. And I saw Damon doing this great uh, chat with, with the folks with the voters on YouTube yesterday, and he was fired up about what? About what McConnell's doing tomorrow. McConnell's hosting Biden in Kentucky? Why is he doing that on week <laughs> one? He gave away all the leverage on that $1.7 trillion, and now he's kissing Biden's butt in Kentucky? Let's get some fresh leadership. Come on, man. All right, we have, you know, um, we have a couple minutes left here, and Papa Nolan, as you, uh, as you can see, is, is on the screen now. And now you've been kind of a somewhat of a big talker about his golf game when he's not on the screen. Now, is there something you'd like to address directly well, with him? Well, what I'd like to address with him is that uh, he runs his mouth. And you know what they say, uh, you drive for show and you putt for dough. Uh -huh. And what this guy does is he comes out there with, I shot at 82. And, and that's great. I love it. Go out and shoot a 78 now before the RAV open. And then you get no strokes, no strokes. Uh, smart people in golf. The first time I played with Donald Trump years ago, uh, he, he was lied. picking sides. And he did not. He said, what's your handicap? And I was scared at first to say my handicap my was 12. And then as soon as he heard my handicap, he said, you're on my team. Why? Because Trump is crafty. He's a smart guy. He mm -hmm. said, Henry's got a higher handicap than me. I get strokes. We played some other guys and we beat him. It was a $50 bet, as I recall. He played, by the way, Donald Trump, like it was his last $50. I thought hey, $50, $50 is a nickel to this guy. I was sweating. $50 mattered to me. He played like it was his last 50 bucks. Is that what you're, um, are you playing to a 12 right now? Is that what you're um, playing around? Yeah, 12. Yeah, 12.4, 12 and you can, you can look it up, and I will what's, show evidence um, of that. But Papa Nolan Zen has been on your show. What's uh, Zen, Zen Jr. Jr. is still working on his game. That's the breaking news tonight. <laughs> uh, we are building a new studio here in West Palm Beach, mm -hmm. and I'm happy to report that Karen and I are super excited with Terrence about a new American Sunrise set, and that means that Zen Jr., the boss's son, is going to be here building it out. So he's going to leave Washington for a few months, and our thought is we get him here for a few months. He plays all winter uh -huh. while you guys are shivering in Long Island, and then as as soon as the winter is over, we're having the RAV open. So that's our plan.
All right. He's got to stick around one more. We didn't get, I didn't get a piece of I didn't get a piece of him. I'll Did stick you? around. No, fine. Let's go. Let's all do right. It. Let's go. Hey, <laughs> Henry, on live from Studio 6 Street tonight. We're going all night. All right. We're back right up to this. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night. Real America's voice. Glad you're in. Slick Rick's going to be doing some more sports. Paul Nolan will do some news. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down. But we've been um, nice enough for Ed Henry to be hanging with us for the first part of the show here. And he's... He's well. He's still here. Um, so <laughs> you invited me. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. We love having you. I can't. I appreciate it so much. A uh, couple thing. Couple tweets, by the way. Speaking of the Rab family, sounds um, like. Throw this up, G. It just I know we're moving on to talk about golf, but Charlie Kirk says I have a lot of friends that refuse to vote for McCarthy as speaker, but after three votes and zero movement, I have to ask, what is the plan? Do you have enough power to build something and win, or is it just? power to tear down and we all lose that's number one and yeah. then he said from house source two very plugged in dem leadership aides say they are already talking about coalition leadership to divide the house mm-hmm. evenly between republicans and democrats and i don't know if that if he what he means by that is the dems well, trying to find six votes to join them um what do you think about those well, what I think, having covered the Congress, so this is inside baseball, but it'll matter, is like, so even though the Republicans have a slim majority in the House, uh, on all the committees, um, you'll have like a 25 to 22 split Republicans to Democrats, which matters when you bring up big legislation to defund the IRS, for example. Uh, you've got the votes, 25-22 or 30-27, whatever the split is. If you have coalition government and an equal divide in the House, it might not just be speaker, it might be committee ratios. Again, this is inside baseball, but it matters because then all of a sudden the energy committee is 28-28 instead of 30-26 or something uh, for the Republicans. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Well, maybe you're not going to get any of this energy independence legislation passed. This stuff matters. So here's what I think, honestly. I think Charlie Kirk may be putting that out because Republican sources, not Democratic sources, are putting it out there to put the scare and, and pressure on the Matt Gates of the world. Hey, buddy, you want to keep pushing this? You want Jeffries as speaker? Oh, by the way, we're not going to run the committees. Oh, by the way, we're not going to get anything done for the next two years. Oh, by the way, the voters are going to throw us out on our butts. So I think this might light a fire. Uh, and, and there's another part of that. The first Charlie Kirk tweet reminds me. When I talked to this freshman Republican lawmaker a little while ago, what he said is, look, I understand what Gates and others are doing, but I don't see an end game. He said that several times uh, in the call. And if you go back to that Charlie Kirk tweet, he was saying, I get the protest, but what next? What's the strategy? And this lawmaker was telling me, what's the end game? You have to figure out, okay, if not McCarthy, who? What's our next move here? Because eventually, yes, the Democrats, and you raised this before, and now Charlie Kirk is, they're going to play games here and try to get Liz Cheney or somebody in there. Uh, And all of a sudden, this whole thing started out as, uh, you know, um, we're asserting ourselves and we're, you know, um, uh, you know, standing up for the people. And then all of a sudden the Democrats have more power than you think. So I- I'm all for playing this out. But then you need you do need a strategy, as Charlie's suggesting. What's next here? Otherwise, this could spin out of control. Yeah. So the alternative here is we get a complete rhino 
So enough it'll change and there'll be the illusion of choice and change. And or we get, you know, a Democrat in there who goes full Marxist and uh and and things go to hell in a handbasket even faster than it already has. I mean this right. is and a, this is zero sum game. And I hear that I hear in your voice, this is why people get defeated and angry about what happened in the midterms and what's happening after. Because you know what? It reminds me of the $1.7 trillion omnibus that you talked so much about at the end of last year, which is how do they get that through? If you don't pass this, the government's going to shut down. Everything's going to hell. We have to pass everything in here. The Michelle Obama trail, the border funding, not for the southern border here in America, but for the border in Jordan and other Middle Eastern, and oh, money for Ukraine. You have to do all or nothing. And that's what the McCarthy, I think some people are probably afraid of. Hey, you're gonna, everything's going to go hell to a handbasket unless you go to me. But people are looking at him like Gates and others and then Bo Burton saying, but he's a kind of a rhino and he's kind of not that strong and he's giving in on everything. So that's why I kept focusing on Jordan and Scalise. I don't think um, off the, you know, having covered this a long time, based on his lack of ability to get the votes, his we his perceived weakness. I don't think McCarthy's the guy. Uh, on the flip, on the way opposite spectrum, I certainly don't think your scenario of hell in a handbasket is a good one either. Whether it's some coalition government, some rhino in there, Fred Upton or someone else. So that's why you got to over the next twenty four hours say, okay, is it Jordan? Is it Scalise? Who are we coalescing behind? We got this out of our system, but let it's go time, man. It, it, otherwise. This is going to be, right. be ridiculous. Inaction, inaction is not a choice at this point. Let's get the investigations going. Uh, a couple of the things I want to ask you about in the news. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts on what we saw last night in the Buffalo Bills game? Oh. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion. Our thoughts and prayers are obviously with this kid, which is the number one thing. Um, you know, my first thought was uh, when you saw these players, I saw some people uh, tweeting uh, about how isn't it amazing how we saw NFL players kneeling for a good reason this time, right? Uh, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a joke and it's kind of not because they were praying. And I had a call yeah. this morning with our boss, the Zen master, and he said, you know, he, he watched American Sunrise and saw that we played not just the hit, which I'll get to in a minute, uh, but also the players kneeling on the field and more importantly, perhaps the fans for both teams. I mean, think about the Bills Mafia. Uh, and Slick Rick, you know this, you talk about it all the time and how rough they are and yep. they're jumping on the tables and the, the, the tailgating. <laughs> and tailgates funny games. <laughs> yeah, right. But then they got serious, obviously, and they rallied around their player. But so did the Cincinnati fans. They're rivals now. These are two big AFC giants with these two great quarterbacks. And they were in the parking lot. We showed it this morning uh, at the UC Medical there in Cincinnati praying and, and coming together. And, and what the Zen master was saying, which I thought was so true, was maybe God is showing us the worst here uh, with this, 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 bit, this, this tragic event uh, and the best of people actually coming together in a mm. good way. Uh, and Look then the other thought I have. Five million they've raised oh, now. Incredible. Because of his toy drive, people yeah. are now, when yeah. he was back up, a player at Pitt, I believe, um, yep. they're, they're now rallying behind that because it's still out there. Uh, but real quick, I mean, look, wh why is it that there's so many leftists on social media, if you even ask about his vaccination status or you raise a question about this, 
You're great. What? No questions. No questions. They just want to stifle debate. I'm not saying it's the first thing that we should talk about. I've made it clear. Anyone wants to take this out of context. No. I talked about the prayers. I talked about let's make sure this young kid is okay. We played a clip of him and his mother before a recent game. It's yeah. tragic to see. And she was yeah. at the game last night in Cincinnati. She got in the ambulance with him. Anyway, bottom line is, but why can't we have a serious conversation? I'm not talking about lecturing anyone. I'm not saying the you know anti-vaxxers are right and you're wrong. Uh, but a serious conversation yeah. about why so many young people, when you watch the video, and I get it, Damon, you and I were talking about it off air last night. There is that specific medical term where yeah. uh, athletes have, have taken a blow to the chest and gone into cardiac arrest, has nothing to do with vaccinations or anything. Uh, and there's a soccer player, as I understand it, about a, a, you know, a year or so ago, had this and came back, lived, and actually came back to play soccer. Um, and so we hope the same for, for this NFL star. Uh, but but at the end of the day, we should finally have a serious conversation about not just NFL players and soccer players in Europe, but high school players here in America, one yeah. high school after another, who, who have dropped dead or just gone into cardiac arrest and live. This is a we have to finally have this serious conversation. Yeah, and NHL Hall of Famer Chris Pronger took a shot like that yeah. back in 98 in the playoffs with the Detroit Red Wings against the St. Louis Blues, and he came back to have a Hall of Fame career. So, you know, you can come back from this. Yeah, he had that same thing, the yeah. Romeo yeah. Cortis yeah. or whatever it's called. We've seen this in a lacrosse a bit. We've seen it in baseball, and we've seen it in hockey because the puck is the sharp, laser focus of, of, the, of the target, right? In football, this has never happened other than maybe in 1950. They're trying to say it might have been the only other time. As a football, avid football fan who watches every game and I, I watch the replays and I analyze it like a lunatic, um, I see devastating hits in every game and, and like eight or 10 or 12 of them. That was a glancing blow. It was not a devastating hit. So in all honesty, you know, I want to, I still want to just wait before I cast judgment. I don't want to take this. Yes confirmation bias oh look i told you the vax was bad look at me i'm right i also don't want to take the the vax is perfect you people are conspiracy right-wing nut jobs don't you dare ask a question this you're an evil person for questioning this in a time of tragedy they're not mutually exclusive you know uh and the vitriol yep. on social media has been so difficult to watch it's just another example of the for me the the work like shoshana zubov does at, with uh surveillance capitalism and the power of these algorithms to enthrall people and drag people into these arguments to get their endorphins flying and moving and it keeps them on social media longer, which makes the advertising revenue go up. And all it does is divide and conquer. And at the end of the day, you know, we should be praying. I know the left has always yep. said praying is so stupid and evil and you crazy Christians. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you're allowed to do it now, Paul. <laughs> but now you're allowed to do it yeah. as long as you don't. You're not talking about the vax. You can, right. you can pray, but don't talk about the vax. But, you know, forget that hypocrisy of it all. Um, the the true believers and the pro-vaxxers are so vitriolic to anybody who questions big pharma. We're going to trust them blindly and government. Right. And now they're in partnership with one another with the aid of media who who gets paid billions to to plug them and promote them. Absolutely. How in God's name can anybody simply blindly trust that is the big question in my mind. But you know, we should uh, you know, I said I'm gonna take politics, I'm gonna take a day off of politics while I pray for this child, the young boy. This I agree. Man. And I think your broader message is so important because what got us in uh, to a lot of the disinformation during the pandemic, it yeah. was liberals 
like a like a Newsom in California playing doctors on TV uh, and basically uh, going out there and shutting down the economy and, and killing restaurants and small businesses. And we shouldn't make the same mistake and have people on the right play doctor now and say, oh, I was watching ESPN. I was watching Monday Night Football. I know this is the vaccine. We don't know yep. that. We're right. not doctors. Yep. And so I agree with your broader point. And, and I agree. Let's pray for him. But let's also, when we can figure out how he is, and we hope over the next 24, 48 hours, uh, he continues to improve. We, I heard you know, earlier today the vitals were there. Let, let's just hope he continues to make steady progress. And then let's figure this out. I see a story from the New York Post back in about May, I think. I don't know if you saw this, where the general manager of the bill said he saw an advantage um, to uh, knocking unvaccinated players, cutting them off the bill's roster because of how you know you had to go if you, if you're unvaccinated you got to go through so much testing and protocols and during the height of the pandemic that was really difficult for major league baseball and the NFL and so this general manager was out there in the open back in May saying and he raised eyebrows then if you read the story people are saying wait what are you saying and like basically that it'd be better to have vaccinated players so is it because now is the vaccination having an impact? God forbid this happens with others. But again, let's not rush to judgment. A lot of liberals did that during the pandemic, and it hurt a lot of people. Uh, it led a lot. They, they lied about the vaccine that you're not going to get COVID if you get the vaccine. That turned out to not. There's Think so about all the lies. things Biden said right. that were not true. Right. There's so many lies. We have the right to question all the lies, but you know we should also be allowed to have grown-up, difficult conversations politely, civilly. You yeah. know and. And I think the the other point that you both kind of made is that, you know, at this point with the macro data we have already, one individual case is really not swaying anybody or shouldn't be swaying anybody on what the macro data already tells us are the problems here. So let's pray for this kid. Let's hope he pulls through. And this is a conversation for further discussion at, an, at another time. But, well, we don't have time as much as I wanted to, but um, are we going to do this rap thing open? Are we going to open this to uh, foursomes, or what are we going to do here? I think we should have foursomes. We should raise some money. Because the uh, audience wants to be involved. Let's get them involved. People say they want to be in the crowd. And by the way, people don't know this, but during the break, uh, Papa Nolan started backpedaling on the 82 he shot. He said he did it at Beth Page, under questioning for me. I said, what golf course? And he said, Beth Page. Now, everybody knows Beth Page Black is like a pro. Sure. And he said, uh, Beth Page Green. I said, what? No, he said Beth Page Green. And Green is like the easiest course. So he, he hosed himself. Thank you very much for giving us your time. We love having you. Ed Henry, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., American Sunrise with Karen Turk and Terrence Bates. We're back right after this. <laughs> All right, 13 to the hour live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. I want to thank Ed Henry for sticking around much longer than uh, I thought we were going to have him for, so I really appreciate the time he gave us. Good stuff. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Paul's going to get to some news. Geo Fran holding it down as always, but let's do some sports right now. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, before we get to the odds makers, great, great odds makers, I'll cap that later. Something really important happened last night where the games absolutely just stood still and 
after that, didn't even matter. And I want to get into this story. We touched a little bit on with Ed, but DeMar Hamlin's family, grateful for support, seeks prayers. This is from ESPN. The family of DeMar Hamlin on Tuesday thanked the public for its support and asked for continued prayers for the Buffalo Bills' safety, who remains hospitalized in critical condition after going into cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati last night. On behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from friends around the country, the family said in a statement released Tuesday morning. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, which, by the way, is a fantastic hospital. I know I was a Reds fan for many years, still am, and that's a dynamite hospital. Uh, We feel so blessed to be a part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep them on your prayers. We will uh, release updates as soon as we have them. Uh, The Bills said in a statement Tuesday afternoon that Hamlet spent Monday night in the ICU unit at the University of Cincinnati uh, and remains there today. There's been no update going into this evening. I've been checking every few minutes. There's been no word as to exactly what, you know, what is, is he breathing on his own? How is he? You know, they haven't gotten to that, which, you know, we respect. Um, but he is getting good care, of course. Um, Hamlin, 24, had his heartbeat restored on the field after suffering cardiac arrest following a hit in the Bills game. Uh, the Bengals, uh, which was later postponed. And, you know, just getting into that. Uh, besides the fact I want to mention, Hamlin was, was selected in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft uh, out of Pittsburgh. He played with the Pitt Panthers. Uh, and I got to tell you, he's a really a son of Pittsburgh. Grew up there and played college football with them as well. So, you know, again, our prayers go out to him. And the suspended Bills-Bengals game will not resume this week per the NFL. Uh, this is uh, Elena Getzenberg of ESPN. Cincinnati, the game between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals that was suspended Monday night after safety to my Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest will not be resumed this week, the NFL announced Tuesday. The NFL said in a statement that uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the teams that the game would not be resumed this week after consulting with both teams and the NFL Players Association leadership. The league, however, has made no decision on resuming the game at a later date. As you notice, was a very impactful game. This would have had a lot to do with the seedings of the playoffs. And again, I mean, this situation with, with this young man far exceeds these results. But I do want to report on the fact that, you know, the season will go on, obviously. But there's all kinds of talk all over the place, maybe, you know, delaying the, the season a week which I don't know how they would do that logistically with the Super Bowl already cemented for, I believe, the 12th. And then, you know, you have the Pro Bowl before that. So I don't know how they would even give the, every, all the players this weekend off. It wouldn't be that far-fetched, but I just don't know with TV rights and all, Big D. Hey, this G, is, throw this up on the some screen. Story. This is as close to an update as I've seen all day. Uh, Cameron Wolf from an hour ago, who works, I believe, for the NFL Network, says, I just spoke with Dorian Glenn, DeMar Hamlin's uncle, who said his nephew is on a ventilator. But he's improved to 50% oxygen needed after being at 100% oxygen needed. He's still sedated, but main focus is recovering to breathe on his own and healing the lungs. Yeah. And he says the full interview with the uncle is on the NFL NFL Network. So that's, that, that's as much information as I've seen on him all day okay. long. Yeah. Some good news. I mean, he's 24 years old. So, you know, they do say those young people, they heal fast. So, you know, we can only hope that he can get a, get a big turnaround here, Big D. And, uh, yeah, the de- debate immediately went to, you know, vaccinated, not vaccinated. Somebody on Bill's Mafia sent out a very strong email that if anybody wants to talk about vaccination, it's insensitive. But, you know, like we said earlier, there's nothing wrong with uh-huh. a good debate. But, yeah. you know, sometimes right after the moment, it maybe was probably Maybe while his life raw. hangs in the balance is not maybe the yeah, best time. It was a little raw in the moment. Well, Exactly. You know what, though? I mean, they were out there making other diagnoses. You know, everybody becomes a doctor uh, on social media after they have a few minutes going through and reading up on heart, heart issues. And all of a sudden, they make their diagnosis. But for anybody to sit down and shut down, 
somebody's opinion that, hey, it could have been this. It may have been that. Why is not But that's asking? not what people were doing. Right. People were going, exactly. look, I told you. Yeah. Look, I told you. Right. But there were also the other side, which was completely shouting and, and trying to shut anybody down who raised the question, hey, could this be, you know, related to something that's been introduced yeah. into the body in the last two years? Right. But that doesn't matter while he's laying on the field. He hasn't even left in the ambulance yeah. no, yet. No, I understand that. But what, what I'm saying is if you're going to allow somebody to make a diagnosis without knowing anything, saying, oh, it's this uh, osmosis, whatever, whatever it was called, um, you know, but that's okay. You can't turn around and say, well, you're not allowed to say this could be a diagnosis. Listen, if you're going to say one, hypocrisy to go it could be anything. On both sides. Right. Yeah. That's there what I'm saying. Hypocrisy on, there, there, let me tell you something. The vitriol came from both sides. It was the true believers absolutely saying you people are right-wing conspiracy nuts thinking that all that these this death is anything remotely uh you know, out of the norm and uh, just demanding that the vax is safe and you're, and you're a quack. Right. And then there were the people saying it's definitely the vax. The vax is killing everybody. We're all going to die. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was the same old monkeys in a zoo flinging crap at each other and nothing got done. Things just got worse. It didn't get better. Life didn't get better. Humanity didn't grow. And with the, the chasm and the divide that we're all in, didn't get better when a moment where this boy's life is hanging on the line, but we probably all would have been better off saying, Hey man, let's just join hands and, and, and pray at this point. Like let's do something unified because the, the absolute despicable hatred on both sides is we're just, we're just part of the problem too. You know, like, you know, it's, Things are bad, man, and it's we've never yeah. seen a country so divided. It's never been like this, and we're all just completely like little puppets on a string, like little marionettes, and the and the and and the digital masters have us dancing through hoops. I mean, I it's like take I just still feel like man, it's like didn't when, nothing's getting better. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, and, it's it's know, the it's the powers that be, you know, that that are still like you said pulling the strings. Um, and still trying to dictate what you're allowed to ask or what you're allowed to say, and, and you know, say what you want. I mean, it it could be it could be any 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 the uh, you know it could be any one of ten different things that could have caused this, right? Yeah, I mean, the hit wasn't but, that bad, right? The hit, the hit wasn't was that not, bad. Paul said it before; he was right. I saw him drop his shoulders. A typical football hit. Like like I said, it could have been one of ten things that could have caused this. But if you say that one thing in that 10 that they don't like, yeah. all of a sudden, you're a lunatic, that, you're crazy, you need I to be shouted down, no no, you know, no soup for you. And, and as yeah. a matter of fact, it, it's one of those things where the people shouting that the loudest are the ones that, that are probably really upset that they were lied to and they believed it to begin with. Well, I think that's a lot of it. I think we saw the vaxxers, the believers, the true believers, were so mad at people like you know, us who are like, no, thanks. I don't trust the government. I don't trust big pharma, but thanks. Uh, thank you. And I'm not afraid to, you know, live my life on my terms. And they were the scared, cowardly ones who forced us to take a drug because they were so scared and they believed. And the fact that I trusted my immune system made me the bad guy. They were the bad guy. They're the one who wants to force me to take a drug. They're the right. ones who wanted to inject me with something nobody knows anything about. Yep. That made them mad and evil, and they gaslighted us and flipped the script. And the same thing happens all the time on, you know, in, 
in this world. There's no doubt we're seeing so much of that even now. Same thing. You can't have a serious question. You know, I posted on my social media page, Ben Swan's report today of the hundreds and hundreds of people who've died. I posted another link to the hundreds and hundreds of athletes who've died. And it's all the same thing. Heart related issues. Yeah. Yep. So we have the right to ask questions after we've been lied to so unmercifully for so long. We have been relentlessly lied to and we've been belittled and diminished and demeaned with all of their rhetoric. So we can't ask the question. And if you don't, and if you do, you're, the, you're a heretic. Right. And, and look, what, look, look where is, we are three years later because we I'd weren't allowed for, to ask that question. I'd be waiting for the, the, the facts to come out of the hospital, which I know it's hard to trust big hospitals and medical community because they're all owned by massive you know government financing these big universities so i just wanted to wait i just thought it made most sense to wait while this boy is um hanging on for his life that's all so so big d i started with a sports report and a medical conference broke out that's a rapid sports <laughs> we'll do more on this when we get back dr peter mccullough has um has come out and i'll have that for you when we get back From Studio 6B on a Tuesday, Real America's Voice, Hour 2, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Ed Henry joined us in the first hour. I want to thank him for giving us so much time. Slick Rick's doing sports. We'll do a little more sports here in a second. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down. Happy New Year, everybody. Glad you're back for a new year. Hoping for a good one. And um, so we were talking about, obviously, this tragedy of this young man in this football game last night and I got a lot of messages today um, about Dr. McCullough. People wanted to hear from Dr. McCullough and I believe he's, he's actually done a couple things today but he was, um, he was uh, giving a deposition which, which prevent, pre prevented him from um, doing too much today but he did send a long extensive email um, to John Leake who has a discord and has a piece called Interpreting DeMar Hamlin's Sudden Collapse. Dr. McCullough's email says the following. I watched the play live, both as a fan uh, and a cardiologist, and I saw blunt neck and chest trauma, a brief recovery after the tackle, and then a classic cardiac arrest. I have communicated to one of the most experienced trainers in the world, and we agree that it was a cardiac arrest in the setting of a big surge of adrenaline. If DeMar Hamlin indeed took one of the COVID-19 vaccines, then subclinical vaccine-induced myocarditis must be considered in the differential diagnosis. We have been told he was successfully defibrillated on the field and has been intubated and is not spontaneously breathing, which is consistent with um, anoxic encephalopathy. Encephalopathy, yeah. Yes, the nation prays for his complete recovery. 
Uh, that DeMar Hamlin collapsed shortly after receiving a blow to his chest naturally raises the suspicion of commotio cordis, a blunt, non-penetrating trauma to the chest resulting in irregular heart rhythm and often leading to sudden death. Uh, and then this gentleman goes on to go through some of the um, cesspool of social media. But I believe that was the, that was the part um, from Dr. McCullough. I saw something else today from Dr. McCullough that I believe... And I don't have it, so I don't want to attribute it to him. I guess I could try to look for it. But um, I think he said later in the day that he, after looking at it again, he really, he really seemingly giving more uh, credence to this commotio. Um, Choroiditis? Yeah, whatever, <laughs> however it's pronounced. So, that, um, so we'll see. Again, I just keep going back to right now. I just hope this kid... <laughs> pulls through could you imagine d like you know to me if i got on this my pulpit and i started swearing i know it's the vax i know it's the vax i know mm-hmm. it's the vax and then it wasn't imagine how stupid you'd feel what what harm comes in just waiting to see the information that comes through i mean i i simply don't understand why people are so lustful to say i was right i knew it so soon it's okay just to wait so much is going to change in the next 24 to 72 hours let's just chill and we'll figure it out or at least we hope we do, you know, and we do know how corrupt, you know, it, we do know how corrupt the powers that be are. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how this plays out. At the end of the day, all we can hope for is this kid who's done so much good with his short time as an NFL star. Um, this recovers and he keeps becoming, you know, a light for, for unity, a light for for, for helping people, you know, and if you look at his toys for tots, he's, he's, he's helping everybody. You know, he's a good kid, man. Yeah. Good kid. Uh, just a couple other things on this article. I'll link to this. If you want to read the Substack. three studies of this commotio cordis, one published in 2002, another one published in 2009, another one published in 2022 are worth reading in full. These studies indicate that it's a complex <clears throat> phenomenon to quote the first study, occurrence of commotio cordis is related to time of impact during the cardiac cycle, direct impact over the heart, the hardness and speed of the projectile, and the ineffectiveness of chest barriers. The condition seems to occur most frequently in male athletes in their teens. Young males ages 4 to 18 are at greater risk. Vulnerability in this age group has been attributed to increased chest wall uh, pliability, but it is unclear why there is... Um, why it's male-dominated. Uh, so anyways, it goes on. It's probably worth a read. Goes is, it back possible to, the, uh, is it possible that it's male-dominated because males play against males and the, 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 the absolute force that males can inflict, you know, would, would probably, like a, a male throwing a lacrosse ball at 75, 80 miles an hour at 14 to 16 years old is not uncommon. They rifle that, that heavy piece of rubber same with yeah. a, a slap shot you know 65 75 miles so now for young kids is not completely out of the question so i just you know girls can't they can't do it i guess i'm a misogynist now I don't know. <laughs> that's it for you you're canceled exactly so yeah, what else is new all right uh so that's that's from dr mccullough that's all i could find that he came out with today like i said uh we'll keep uh, continue to keep um an eye on all experts that we all you know, trust and hear from, um, as, as we continue. But right now, let's just, let's hope this kid has some positive outcomes. And we get some positive updates in the next couple of days. So, but we've done no news, Paul. So let's do some news. Six minutes past the hour, live from studio six B what's going on in the news. 
So do you want me to start with the McCarthy stuff, or do we do enough of that already? No, I think we did enough of that already. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw this. The Texas Supreme Court dismissed Jeff Younger's petition to prohibit his ex-wife from moving his two children to California, where the law became effective on, on a few weeks back, called the Refuge for Trans Kids and Their Families from Other States uh, that Have Restrictions on Gender Modification. Younger and his ex-wife, uh, Anne Gorgulis, uh, and their long uh, custody dispute over their sons, one of whom James identifies as a transgender female named Luna, According to George Julius, uh, Younger objects to this and contends James identifies and acts like a male around him. So um, this uh, has been going on now. It's uh, a 10-year-old boy um, being dragged to California so he can transition because his mother insists upon uh, the transitioning. I don't know if you guys have been following the story. But yeah, this sick. can happen in Texas. It can it can happen anywhere, and it's just pure sickness. I cannot believe this story. Um, it sickens me. I, I wanted to do it a couple of days ago, but I, you know, I I had to yesterday. I really planned on doing it, but obviously we weren't rolling, and uh, it's just disgusting. I don't know if you. Uh, it's disgusting. I just can't believe what I'm looking at. It's yeah, it's and so it's amazing. It's a parent. Think about that. A parent is trying to. Um, completely disfigure and destroy their child really when you think about it because maybe the kid maybe the kid like every kid even okay i'll admit it yeah sometimes when i was maybe in my single digits uh my sisters were, weren't around i'd grab some of their clothes and play dress up sure everybody <laughs> does right right d i'm sorry right I didn't, no? hear, I didn't hear what you said. No. I mean, I but dress I, the way I dress, so I mean, I can't, but I, I'm not, but, I, don't, but, I didn't do that. But, all but right. to sit there and say just because a kid plays dress up when they're, when they're six or seven, oh my God, that yeah. must be a girl. I'm sorry, yeah. but the mental problem is the mother if she's trying to force this on the child. I mean, yeah, what is I, wrong with her? Yeah, I dress like a dinosaur. Doesn't mean I identify yeah. as a reptilian. Exactly. <laughs> It's not yet. Uh, the whole thing is psychotic, man. I just cannot believe that this is going to happen. This, this Texas judge should be ashamed of himself. So, all right. So back to uh, more happy news. Uh, two thirds of the 15,400 extra Australian deaths in 2022 caused by COVID, a new study finds. Um, this is from The Guardian. The current wave of COVID-19 cases still rising in Australia with the latest data from New South Wales and Victoria showing a sharp jump in the number of deaths attributed to, to the pandemic virus. Victoria reported 85 new deaths uh, compared to 54 the week before. And uh, in New South Wales, 48 deaths compared to 32 the week before. Um, it, there were 40,194 new cases reported in New South Wales and 27,790 in Victoria over the week. Um, and showing a massive increase in the rates. Uh, the latest uh, weekly figures come as the comprehensive analysis of the impact of the COVID-19 mortality rates has found that there were 15,400 excess deaths in Australia in the first eight, eight months of 2022, 13% more than, than predicted. Um, these excess deaths measure capture uh, not only the confirmed COVID deaths, but also those incorrectly diagnosed and reported. Um, actuaries insisted COVID-19 mortality working groups estimated that 8,200 of the deaths were directly due to the virus, while 2,100 have it as a contributory uh, contributory cause. Um, remaining 5,100 uh, featured no link. So, you know, the death rate's going up. It's not just in athletes. It's not just in actors. We're seeing uh, a, a tremendous list of celebrities go. You know, it, it's everywhere. And, um, 
you know, it's a little bit uh, hard to deny at this point. Yeah. Um, all right, Paul, we'll do some more news. We'll do some more sports. I want to get to uh, cut 10, G, because, you know, the House, obviously, with all the McCarthy stuff today, couldn't do any official swearing in. So all of these congressmen-elect had family members there to watch them. Of course, obviously, they didn't get sworn in. So they're still congressmen-elect as of today and then tomorrow. Until we get a speaker, they're all congressmen-elect. But there was there was some swearing in today. <laughs> and, um, and that was over in the Senate. And, uh, well, let's take a look at probably the most high-profile one. Congratulations. Hi, family. <laughs> do you remember we talked on FaceTime? Do you remember that? No. Who are you? Congratulations. Hi. Congratulations. Oh my God. He looks so great. Right down. So just look this way for me. All right. Right here. Big smile. Oh my God. Does he even have emotion or something? It's nice and relaxed. It's like they filled him up with air. Yeah. Three, two, one. Hello, good night. Good night, everybody. Listen to her. Oh my God. I'm just waiting for Fetterman's wife to turn to. There he goes. There he goes. Hey, Dr. Frankenstein, your creation is loose. What'd you say, Paul? I said I'm just waiting for uh, Fed and his wife to turn to Kamala and say I'm coming for your job next, because she knows she she's got his. He, he ain't making a decision in there. No, yeah, how no. long until the Democrats, now that they've used them to get the seat, and how, how long until they start to throw him out? Can they, can they pull the 25th Amendment on him? No, I guess not. But they'll pull something on him, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, just to give you an idea of where we are in the Republican Party, just throw this up, Chief. Here, here's within three, within three tweets on my screen on the McCarthy deal, you've got three absolute ends of the spectrum. You got Levin talking about the Freedom Caucus, 44 members, 25 voted for McCarthy, including Jim Jordan, 19 voted for Jordan the second round, even though he nominated McCarthy, voted for McCarthy, and is not seeking the speakership. You have Mike Cernovich saying, McCarthy's as good as it's going to get for speaker. He's, he's made concessions. Unlike Scalise, he won't sneak in amnesty. Jim Jordan has zero shot. He takes Google money. And as far from who he presents himself to be, it's Kevin or someone way worse. Don't say you weren't warned. And then our guy Shipwreck Crew over at uh, Red State. I'm not anti-McCarthy, but 19 votes is way too many to overcome given the slim majority. He needs to face the fact that even though it, it is personal, there are more important issues to confront. The rebels don't get to pick, only veto. So that's, that's pretty much where we're at. It's just like uh, you got whiplash trying to keep up with what's going on. All right, more sports and news coming up right after this.
Like the Blues. Let me talk to you about uh, Birch Gold. Philip Patrick will be joining us on Thursday night, 8.30. Now, we have no Fed meeting here, and I'm, I'm kind of like in Fed meeting withdrawal. But we do get the Fed minutes, tomorrow. I believe, tomorrow morning, or maybe 2 o'clock they come out. We'll get to see what they discussed last month's meeting in December um, and see if there's hawkish in the minutes as he was in front of the microphone. Give us an idea of maybe where we're going on the Fed. But um, are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to this inflation, $1.8 trillion we just passed? Are those goals at odds with your goal of securing your savings? Well, I'll bet it probably is. When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, well, maybe it's time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. And as Paul says, you saved your whole life and now you're being punished for it. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. Of course, you can still get your hands on gold. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word AMERICA, send it to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting AMERICA to the number 989898. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free information kit from Birch Gold. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text America from your mobile device and send it to number 989898. Send the word America to 989898 and do it today. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Happy New Year. Glad you're a part of the show. Slick Rick's here. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. I got an offer from Lindell today on, um, some, I don't know if it was sheets or pillows. I put it on our getter. Well, I paid $10 more like a month ago. He's doing like a blowout sale. Um, and it's $10 less than what I paid just before Christmas. I think on the sheets. 39 bucks. Nice. Wow. So use our code LFS6B at checkout uh, for 10 to 60% off, or in this case, to get that exact price, $39.99. So what's going on, Slick Rick? Well, big D, New Year's Eve, I was three sheets to the wind. But anyway, uh, New Year's Eve buck and ball, big D. And let's get into it. I got to get a little rodeo in there. We haven't done rodeo in a while. It's been quiet with the holidays, but we're back. And where are we? Gillette, Wyoming, the great state of Wyoming. Oh, we love Wyoming. Great state. The home of the Cowboys. <laughs> and uh, anyway, here we go. Bam, small rodeo, three events, guys. Do you have real estate there or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I every city's great. Like, Saints, like every stadium, that's it. it. Yeah. I'm gonna go lasso them up over that's there. Like, but it's big, like his stick, like one a wolf. Let's go to the videotape. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> if you had Michigan Saturday, you, you lose. lose. <laughs> as long as your teeth don't fall out, don't forget Big D. Buy a million anyway. There we go. New Year's Eve buck and ball. Let's get to it. Bareback riding Jay Coropa 86 and a half points on Bailey Pro Rodeos. Adam's pet. Right, falls right in the theme. 26, 23.66. Saddle Bronc. Brody Wells, 89 points on Birch. Rodeos. Maria 
Bartiromo. I like that one. Twenty three ninety four. Maria Romo? That was the name. I'm not kidding. I wonder if she's the owner. Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah Saddlebron. By the way, is it, I mean, if you had to put one of these weasels like McConnell, I'd love for McConnell to go on Maria Bartiromo. Oh my God. <laughs> It'd be like, call the police, man. I just witnessed a murder. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, he won't go on with her. But, she, man, is there anybody tougher in an interview than her? She is. Woo. Well, there she we go. Tough. Bull riding. Last last event, gentlemen. Blaine Beatty, 82 and a half points on Birch Rodeo's Burning Bush, 2380. Total payout, $62,134 on that rodeo. And uh, just, just one more story uh, on this young man, DeMar Hamlin. Fans give millions to DeMar Hamlin's toy drive for kids. I know we touched on this, but I have some numbers here. ESPN News reporting. DeMar Hamlin's goal was simple. He wanted to raise $2,500 online to buy toys for needy kids. It took about two years, then came Monday when the Buffalo Bills safety was critically injured and needed his heart restarted on the field. And uh, the result that was raised on his GoFundMe page, Big D, roughly four and a half million at, and this was at the time of writing this afternoon, now it's over five, uh, donated in the first 18 hours after his injury and the number is climbing. A fundraiser that as of last month had raised $2,921, which is up to 4.5 million uh, $39,260 by 3 p.m. today uh, with about 157,000 people going online in that span to donate an average of about $28. Some of the donations were smaller. Some were more than 5000 Some were even uh, from New England Patriot players who are scheduled to play Buffalo on Sunday for the regular season finale. About two and a half uh, donations were being made every second in that initial 17-hour span. Many came with message of hope for the 24-year-old player. So just a fantastic, uh, fantastic story about this young man from Pittsburgh. Uh, he started this because his mom uh, was the uh, co-owner Owner of a um, the daycare center um, in McKeeks, McKeeks, McKees, Rocks, Pennsylvania, uh, with about six thousand residents along the south bank of the Ohio River. And uh, anyway, so he started the toy drive, and on Monday, the world finally noticed. So, just thought that was a great story about people coming together and donating that kind of money. I know Bills Mafia; they 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 are very generous with other teams over the years. Patriots, different different incidents that have happened, and now you know people came and supported the Bills Mafia and their family and the Buffalo Bills who are a beloved team. Actually, the only team in New York State that plays professional football. We have the Jets and the Giants, but they really play, play in Jersey, as we all know. Um, and uh, one other thing, real quick, big, big, more bad, sad news. Hall of Fame NFL official Art McNally dies at the age of 97. Just to paraphrase real quick, he was a trailblazer. He was a referee and, and involved with the league from 1968 till he retired in 2015. That was a long time uh, being involved with the, with the NFL. And he, he was one of the refs that were responsible for bringing uh, instant replay to, to the league, uh, which they abandoned for a few years. And then he insisted they bring it back. And now it's a big part of the game. Obviously, the red flag. Flag, the challenge flag. Uh, you know, we know that those replays, they don't always go our way, but we're glad to have them because a lot of these calls are just so close. And uh, well, that's a wrap in sports. Big day. I'll have a little bit more later on Martina Navratilova, the great tennis champion star uh, who has been diagnosed with cancer. So we'll talk about that in the next segment. I saw that story. That's yeah. too bad. Um, all right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some news with Paul Nolan in a second. I, I don't get <laughs> I think there's, I don't know if there's anything I couldn't say that somebody's not going to take issue with. Maria Bartiromo is a, is a, is a student of Klaus Schwab now, I'm being told. So, um, <laughs> what, what is, <laughs> what is the, uh, Santa Claus? Why is MTG taking so much heat? Because of her appearance on Bannon? Yeah. Well, it's because she is fighting so hard for McCarthy. Uh, I mean, 
I, I would I, see. I don't know. This is where I just differ from. I, I don't take it that way. I take it that she's coming at this. She's coming at this, at least the way I took it. From um, she's looking at what the end game is. She's looking at okay, no committees, no investigations. Can't get anything done on the border. Can't start investigating the big guy. Can't do anything. You've got the Biden administration already giving the finger to the Republicans, giving them the double bird, saying, you're going to have to resubmit all your paperwork. You don't even have a committee. You don't even sit on anything yet. Um, no, no alternative, significant alternative has been brought up. Now, we can talk about Jim Jordan. That's a different story. Jim Jordan says he doesn't want it. We'll see what plays out. But up until today, I don't see how you can give her so much heat for basically looking at the landscape and saying, there's no alternative. So what, what is, I, I don't, I, I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. Her, I, I think she's been fairly reasonable in her talk on what she sees as the playing field in front of her right now. Well, I, I think people have an issue with she's very much into business as usual. Let's just take this. So then you she have, calls, a, you, you she have calls an issue it, with Trump then, too, she, if you have an call, issue with her. She calls it take it as a win. It's like, but it's not really a win when, when you figure out what he's been a part of in the past and what he'll probably do to stunt any real investigation, real change. So you have to have an issue with Trump, though, too, right? Why? Because he backs McCarthy. Well, we'll see what happens. Transitory, don't you know? When do we decide we want to start winning races? Wow. Wow. You're lying right to our face. They do everything in their power to stop people from being afraid. Baby blues. Oh, 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 hey. Let no one get in on this, too. Another guy that will owe me money. Wow. Wow. They don't care, especially about your woke crap. My new favorite segment on the show, by the way. It's not only going to be lit, it's going to be off the chain, as they say in the streets. Wow, you are dope. Mr. Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for being here. The great Miranda Devine, Jenna Ellis, Dr. Zelenko, Tito Ortiz, Dr. Ben Carson. Always good to be on Studio 6B. I mean, I have no from studio 6b 31 past the hour on a tuesday night glad you're in slick rick's doing sports rick delgado's here geo friend holding it down as always let's do some news and here with the news is mr paul nolan mr nolan how are you i am well i uh I, you know you know how i feel about uh the jeffrey epstein saga that's got nowhere near enough play i thought this was very interesting the u.s virgin islands ag is fired just days after she sued jp morgan chase accusing the bank of pulling the levers in jeffrey epstein's sex crimes and turning a blind eye as he abused minors at his villa this is quite the saga here Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands has been fired um, because of the lawsuit. Uh, USVI Governor Albert Bryan Jr. confirmed in a statement Sunday that he had relieved Denise George of her duties as Attorney General uh, this week without offering any further details. 
George, who had served as the ter territory's attorney general for four years, on Tuesday filed a massive lawsuit against J.P. Morgan, accusing the bank of knowingly providing and pulling the levers through which Epstein and his recruiters uh, and victims uh, were paid. And um, she did not warn Brian of the lawsuit, which is probably the reason they're speculating she was fired. Brian's spokesman told the Daily Mail um, that uh, the press reports citing the J.P. Morgan suit as the reason for the Georgia dismissal are not entirely accurate. The governor's spokesman, Rich Mata Jr., declined for further comment, saying, I'm not at liberty to discuss the details. Um, if when when you kind of get into the minutia, in November, George had reached a settlement with more, for more than uh, $105 million in sex trafficking case against the estate of Epstein, who owned a private island in, in, a, ter in a territory where uh, he abused underage girls. Last week, George also filed a suit in Manhattan District Court challenging uh, J.P. Morgan, that ignoring the truth surrounding Epstein and such uh, as his 2008 conviction in Florida uh, for procuring child prostitution in order to keep him as a client. The bank kept Epstein as a client between 98 and 2013 before finally cutting ties. The bank has not yet responded to the allegations in the suit. Uh, in court filings on uh, Friday, responding to separate lawsuit, J.P. Morgan said it did not participate in or benefit from sex trafficking by its former client. For years, the secretive financier was based uh, based his private island at Little St. James in the Virgin Islands. He was found dead in 2019 in a jail cell where he... Uh, killed himself <laughs> um obviously uh epstein you know his first client um at chase in 1998 and there were numerous reports since his death that the bank's executive sought to keep epstein as a client due to his connections with some of the richest people in the world so um this is what you get if you speak out against the um <clears throat> the establishment in coincidental news, uh, at the exact same time of the firing, Biden was in the U.S. Virgin Islands while the U.S. Virgin Islands government was trying to get serious federal funding for renewable energy and bailouts for their banks. And, uh, you know, it, uh, does anyone think that this is some kind of a coincidence that Biden and his cronies, um, you know, silence this brave woman? Do you think that's a, just a coincidence also? Oh, of course that yeah, just it, it it has no correlation to anything, Paul. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not like we haven't <laughs> seen this in the past, right? <laughs> just just in a colder climate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, sick, sick. So um, I don't know if you. I thought maybe you want to chime in on that, Damon. I, I Is that guess, it, uh, news, Paul? Well, no, no, yeah, I mean, I, I can move on if you have clips, but I, uh, you know, I had a couple of things, but uh, I just want to talk about, you know, uh, Donald Trump's uh, federal tax returns, how it's kind of turned into like a little bit of nothing. But it is, <laughs> A little uh, bit of nothing? <laughs> after it, all it was, these years we've heard about, after all the drama on late night news, after all the everything we've heard about these tax returns? Uh, you know, it, in a way, like you know, this is like what he said when he got uh, when he got voted in. And Chappelle alluded to it on SNL. You know, he said, you know, you guys won't change the codes. I use the codes you wrote because you use them too. And uh, look, I mean, he's dragging lost carry forward. He got buried, and you know, as as president, and make his money like he usually does. And uh, none of these billionaires pay. I mean, this is that's the whole system. System is designed to to be beaten. And it's the people with the most money and the most uh, influence and the best lawyers and accountants who, you know, beat it. So, 
He's just playing the game that they wrote. Have a flat tax. You don't want this to happen. I just want to know when we're going to get Pelosi's um, returns, mm-hmm. Schumer's returns, Biden's returns, Biden's S-Corp returns. Did he use Obama's loopholes to not pay um, taxes on? When we're going to get um, John Roberts' return? Whoever. Everybody's fair game now, right? I mean, everybody's fair game. We could leak them to the press. We can release them. Six years. Whatever the new stand. we got all kinds of new standards on. Again, let the GOP do their thing here. Fight for a couple more days. We'll see. And then we'll all have to just wait to get to the real business. But we've got all kinds of new standards now that we could get to once we get the, um, you know, once we get the car out of the garage and put it in gear. We got the we have the subpoena people. If they don't show up, that we know what happens. That we got the Bannon rule. We've got the Trump. We got all kinds of Trump rules, taxes, and everything else we can go after. So we got all kinds of great stuff to do. If we can just get these twenty uh, to tell the two hundred and three what they want to do and what they'll be happy with, and the people that they'll be happy with actually want the jobs that they want them to have, and then we can get things moving. So we'll see. So- so, uh, yeah, the, the only other, I, looked, I know we want to get to some of the clips. There's the other story I wanted to do, but I'm going to put it on my getter page so guys can go there and check it out at P-O-P-P-A, Papa. Like, I love it when you call me Big Papa. Nolan, N-O-L-A-N, like the picture, um, over at Getter. Starting to use Twitter a little bit more, but this will be over at Getter. Um, it's from uh, the National Pulse. What the shrinking U.S. life expectancy may be telling us about the pandemic response. So uh, that'll be over there. And there's um, a good 13-minute document I'm putting over there. It's been pulled off of YouTube like 20 times. It came out in 2008. It was something that really woke me up. So I hope people will go there and watch. Uh, it's called The Story of Your Enslavement uh, by Stefan Molyneux, one of the first guys to be canceled everywhere. Good philosopher, interesting, uh, really interesting guy. So hopefully you guys will check it out. I think it's really worth it. All right, Paul, thanks. Um, hey, G, let's do the LOL of the day. Steny Hoyer is not on the exit ramp yet roll it do you think you'll run for re-election in 2024 i may i may we're not rolling it out no you're not on the exit ramp yet no (sighs) (laughs) what's he gonna be 90 by the time that comes around oh my goodness can't can't these people just take a hint and just leave just read the room dude Read the room. You've got new communists now in charge of the party. Hakeem Jeffries, who's not only an election denier, but um, has an uncle that's, well, the mainstream media won't talk about. Um, so the other, the other obviously big story in the news is this um, arrest of this kid. Have you followed the arrest of this kid in Pennsylvania for the um, murders in, in Idaho? Oh, yeah. And I saw in Just the News today... Uh, former assistant FBI director says he believes this Idaho killer um, has killed before. Yeah, you don't go doing that sort of thing without having some experience, right? Well, that's, I guess that's kind of his point. He says, um, this is Chris Swecker said today that the man charged with murdering the four Idaho student college students has probably killed before. He said, I hate to say this because it sounds so grim. But I don't think this is the first time he's ever killed, Swecker said, about accused killer Brian Kohlberger, 
on the John Solomon Reports podcast. I think the FBI is probably scouring the area around Pennsylvania where he spent a lot of time. Now, did you hear the way they finally came up with they finally came up with this guy? It was a DNA, right? Yeah. Some, some type of that DNA. One of his that relatives had given right. to one of these, you know, twenty three oh, yeah. twenty one match right. or whatever. Yeah, Not, it wasn't that, match. but it was one of yeah, those. One of those, right? One of those DNA deals. Um, the twenty eight year old was arrested. Is at his, that legal? I'm sorry, but is the Forgive me. Um, before we you keep going, it didn't wasn't. Isn't that illegal to take someone else's DNA to link it? Though wasn't there a legal challenge on that when this first started to become mainstream? I think Weren't I think there... they have to get permission, and if you know permission was granted, I guess you know it's like, hey, yeah, go ahead. All you're doing is checking DNA. I mean, if it's somebody that's linked to you through family that you don't even know, it's like, hey, we think we might we might be able to solve a crime. Would you be okay with blah blah blah? Yeah, most be, people probably right. be like, "Yeah, if you're going to solve a crime, go for it." Unless they're the one that committed the crime, they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't think so." Oh. so All right, that could be it. Want to get involved with obstruction of evidence, evidence or something? Yeah. Uh, the 28-year-old was arrested at his parents' house in eastern Pennsylvania. I don't know. Maybe we'll see if this goes through how they how they got it. If they had to get a subpoena from a judge or what? Uh, charge of first-degree murders, obviously in connection with the November 13th death. Uh, he was at the time of the killings pursuing a doctor degree in criminology and forensics at Washington State University. His family released a statement this weekend asking for the legal process to play out. We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. Now, I heard someone on TV say that his defense team has already had somewhat of a success in the fact that they got the house, the murder scene, um, I guess they were going to tear it down or something after the prosecution and, and, and law enforcement had gone through it, but they actually got the ability for their team to actually go through it as well. Um, and I was listening to somebody who said that they, they think he's going to try to build a um, in like an insanity case. Oh, boy. Um, because obviously, if they, if they have the DNA, he's, they've got them dead to rights. Right. Um, but Paul asks a big question because this DNA thing, you know, how many people submit to these 23andMe's? And I don't know if they do it under the guise of it being protected. But obviously, it's clearly not protected. Because obviously they used it in this. Right. They used it in this. So. I, I think they can make the request. I think you can you can deny the request, or the company can deny the request. But then, of course, they could go back with a with a uh, you know a, a subpoena. They could possibly go to the court and say, "Hey, we need to get this. We need access to this." So uh, there's possibilities. I don't know the exact because I've I've never Andy done that stuff. I've never looked at the paperwork, permission. so I don't know. According to the report I'm seeing, the DNA was from a public genealogy database. So when they submitted the, to, for the genealogy of it, they were aware that it was going to be publicly available. Okay. Okay. Okay, there you go. Um, just a cu couple other things I wanted to get to before we hit the break. There, there, I'm not going to get into it, but there is an article in PJ Media today that I'll share about um, could, COVID, could Merck's COVID pill, and we've talked about this, Create new, more evasive COVID-19 variants. Uh, this is getting more and more talk as I continue to tell you that the dialogue continues to change. People who were way over here are starting to come towards where the, most, the rest of us have been talking about for uh, two years now on some of this. You're seeing more and more articles about this. This is another one on, on this Merck pill um, that could be creating new variants on its own. 
live from Studio 6B. We'll wrap it up. More sports and news when we get back on a Tuesday. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you've been here. First show of the new year. Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's been doing sports. Rick Delgado's here. Paul's been doing news. Geo Fran holding it down as always. A couple other things to get to. What's this pick, G, on Joe Biden's total vacation time now that he's back from his... Wow. Um, Holy moly. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow. Look at that. Man. Looks like a Major League Baseball schedule. 146 days on vacation in 2022. Good. Looks like Morse code. Wow. And um, we heard about when Trump played golf at Mar-a-Lago, when he was in office, we heard about it endlessly. And I think in four years, he had less than just that number right there, 146. In four years. Yeah. And that's just one year. That's just one year. And then, of course, there's the, then you got to factor in all the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the, the, the calling, a, calling a day early when they Yeah, put a lid. Yeah, yeah, they put a lid on the day at yeah. like 12 noon. Yeah, 9 a.m. he's got to go take a nap. <laughs> he had his coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> the John Fetterman day. Hello, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Munching out. Clocking in, clocking out. Got to go. Got to oh, go. Goodness. Yeah. Crazy. Um, all right, let's do, before we wrap it up, let's do a little, where do we stand? We didn't get to it because we were doing serious stuff at the beginning of the show. Where do we stand on the odds makers, G? Well, Slick Rick came in six and four over the weekend (laughs) and, uh, look at here. Looking good. I'm down. I'm what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wait, I'm I'm up 10 and down 10 at the same time. This is why we never settle up. Oh, I lost 10. I'm up 10. Slick Rick is even. Yeah. Wow. And Paul's down 10. uh, Who won that 10 to? Me. <laughs> I've you had a good weekend. Party post-dated out-of-state checks? No, but I'll take half a Bitcoin. I'll give you my address. You can send it. <laughs> Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. <laughs> Hold my bail. <laughs> uh, use our code LFS6B at checkout. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, just a couple of quick scores. NCAA men's basketball. Goodwin, Kentucky right now leading LSU. I think it's a payback from the game on Saturday. Uh, 67-61 in the second half. Three minutes to go in the game, actually. And uh, number three, Kansas right now beating Texas Tech 41-34 with about a minute to go in the first half. A couple of the scores, uh, Alabama over Old Miss, 39-23. Minute to go there in the first. Earlier today, Syracuse nips Louisville 70-69. to And Michigan State defeated Nebraska 74-56. Uh, NHL action right now. Let's see. We got the uh, Canadians and Predators. Predators lead 5-2 to two over the Canadians. End of two. Jets and Flames tied at one. Also end of two. Lightning and Blackhawks also tied at one. Oilers lead the Krakens one zip and the first uh, Rangers beat the Hurricanes came back they were trailing and they won that game five to three the red hot New York Rangers playing good for you Rick they're looking good uh, just a couple of quick stories some sad news but hopefully she'll be okay Martina Navratilova diagnosed with two forms of cancer this is an AP report out of New York tennis great Martina Navratilova said Monday that she had been diagnosed with throat cancer and breast cancer in a statement released by her representative the 18-time Grand Slam singles champion and member of the 
International Tennis Hall of Fame said her prognosis is good and she will start treatment this month. Uh, this double whammy is serious but still fixable and I'm hoping for a favorable outcome, said Navratilova, 66. It's going to stink for a while, but I'll fight the good fight after, uh, with all I've got. Um, she said she had noticed an enlarged lymph node in her neck while attending the season-ending WTA finals in Fort Worth, Texas back in November and a biopsy showed early stage throat cancer. While Navratilova was undergoing tests on her throat, she said unrelated uh, breast cancer was discovered. So uh, Navratilova originally retired in 1994 after a record 167 single titles and 331 weeks at number one in WTA rankings. Obviously one of the great greatest tennis players of all time, male or female. I mean, she was just absolutely incredible. And um, we had, uh, let's see, Donovan Mitchell had 71 points yesterday, Big D. I mean, that's amazing. He's uh, Mitchell is matched the eighth highest uh, in league history and the first player to do that in 17 years. Um, just absolutely unbelievable. Devin Booker had 70 uh, two years uh, yeah, two years ago, but uh, this is 71 points. Hadn't been scored in 17 years, so that was pretty amazing. Um, 71 points. 71 yeah. points in one game. Who were they playing? Who was he playing? The Stevie Wonder team? <laughs> Well, the, what's what's crazy is that they had to go overtime to win that game. Yeah, no, it was uh, well, they beat the Bulls, Chicago Bulls, which yeah. aren't a bad team. Demar Rosen, they're a pretty decent team. It they, did what, go into overtime. With, did they play with three guys. They, uh, the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> what was an overtime game? One forty-five to one thirty-four. Zero defense. Yeah, and, and Robin Lopez commented that between him and Donovan Mitchell, they they brought in seventy-two points. How many? Unbelievable. How many shots did he take? <laughs> he yep. took forty-five shots. I think. Holy yeah. cow! Or forty-two or something. About ten in overtime. Something in the forties. Wow. Yeah, the overtime helped him though, but that's amazing. Seventy-one points, absolutely incredible. So, uh, and just one other quick story. Another another death in the uh, in the NFL. Uh, a former Jaguars offensive lineman Uche Nawaneri dies at the age of 38, 38 right? Dylan mm-hmm. Gwynn of Breitbart reporting. I saw it in the chat, too. Uh, somebody, somebody had mentioned it. Clone 47 in the Get the Chat also mentioned that he sent the story to Paul, which I, I guess, all right, Paul. This is, a, this is another story to line right up behind, behind everything we've been talking about tonight for a full discussion on what's going on. This Incredible. kid's tweets were vicious. Yeah, they were like yeah. vicious. Get vaxxed or you're the enemy. And just throw them in jail. If you're not vaxxed, get in jail. Throw them in jail. We got to get the mandates going, he said. Sounds, yep. sounds like Sean now Penn. Poor kid's dead. Yeah. 38. Yeah, he retired from the NFL back in 2013. He was a lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Played seven seasons. Only missed, I think, one one game in those seven seasons. Pretty healthy during during that period. But he has been out of the league now for 10 years. Uh, but apparently he had uh, driven uh, driven up up for the holidays. Um, and uh, he, let's see, he'd driven up from to Indiana from Georgia. Uh, was found unresponsive by his wife at 1 a.m. after apparently collapsing, according to West Lafayette mm-hmm. Police and uh, Tippecanoe. Uh, County Coroner Carrie Costello. So uh, just a terrible story. Young man came from Nigeria, made it to the NFL, and uh, yeah, he passed away at the tender age of 38 years old. So that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Sorry, very grim night in the sports world. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. Let's go to a couple of viewer emails. I've been monitoring the Getter chat. always like to spend some time giving your feedback that you give us. Uh, Wilma says, House Speaker, I like Chip Roy. What do you think? And I thought uh, last week there was reports that Gates uh, was being groomed for the job if McCarthy fails. Uh, I don't know about the Gates part, but effectively Gates and four others is trying to get it so the five of them can control everything by these rules changes. Which, by the way, if the Democrats take back the House someday in the future, it's going to then apply to them too. So, I mean, you know, you kind of have to think this thing through. Um, but I don't note to that. Chip Roy, I, I mean, who doesn't like Chip Roy? Yeah. 
Love the guy. But He's... but can Chip Chip Roy, I mean, again, I know everybody just wants to look at McCarthy, and as I do, and he's got an F voting record, and I'm not a, no huge fan of McCarthy at all. But McCarthy raised more money for candidates like Boebert, who took $2 million, and other people who took $2 million, who then didn't vote for him. Uh, Chip Roy, I don't know if Chip Roy could raise that kind of money going around the country. And, and, and believe me, if you don't think those kind of things are part of the discussions, then you're looking at this at a very surface level. Because if you can't raise money and prove that you can and have the connections to go do it, you're, you're, you're not going to get the votes. G, what did you just say? connections without playing ball? Chip Roy enjoys – well, yes, he, enjoy, he endorsed Jordan today on the floor and made this very impassioned speech how it's not personal, Kevin. And it may not be for Chip Roy. It's definitely personable for Gates, and it's definitely personal for Biggs. Yeah. It's absolutely personal for the two of them. Um, but who doesn't like Chip Roy? But I think there's just a bigger picture here that I'm not sure. Everyone on the left. Not sure. Um. Preston says McCarthy is not the man for this job. I don't think that voting against McCarthy means that the Republicans will lose their minds and vote uh, in a non-MAGA speaker. Well, would, is Mc, I'm interested when you say that because President Trump was all in on McCarthy. So does that make him a MAGA speaker? And what defines MAGA speaker, I wonder? Because because. McCarthy was Trump's, I mean, he's all in on McDaniel and McCarthy. He was, mm -hmm. at least up until the report tonight, right? Yeah, up until uh, we'll have to see how it goes, <laughs> which is his quote. We'll have to see what happens. DT says, Scalise would be a horrible choice. Think, he was the whip and couldn't get the necessary votes to keep McCarthy. How would he get the members behind him as the speaker? He's, he wants Gates for speaker. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe oh. he's onto something, or maybe this was uh, Scalise saying, "You know what? Yeah, I'm not going to go that hard to get him elected." Someone said it's not about money; it's always about money. <laughs> All right, we'll get to more of your feedback. Got some great emails, great feedback as always from the best audience in television. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio Six B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B.